Welcome to the Burn Your Mortgage Podcast, a Canadian real estate podcast that shows you how to pay off your mortgage sooner and live well while doing it. Now, here's your host, Sean Cooper. Welcome to the Burn Your Mortgage Podcast. I'm Sean Cooper, and it's great to be back for another episode. On today's show, I'll be talking to Laura Stewart. Laura Stewart is the Director of Sales and Marketing for one of Canada's top real estate firms. Having spent the last 15 years navigating her career, Laura has had the opportunity to gain education and experience in a multitude of industries, from nutrition to concierge services to special needs caregiver to fashion to real estate and a degree in science and a master of business administration, Laura loves to discuss an array of topics with the hope of inspiring others to never settle. In my interview with Laura, we discuss why and how to purchase pre-construction condos, What do people need to know when signing the purchase agreement and the benefits of working with a realtor when buying pre-construction? Without further ado, here's my interview with Laura Stewart. Hi, Laura. How are you doing today? Hi, Sean. I'm doing great. How are you today? Pretty good. I'm excited to speak to you about pre-construction properties today. It's not an area that a lot of home buyers know about unless they've gone through the process themselves. So definitely looking forward to you shedding some light on that topic for the listeners today. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here today. Great. Well, let's get started. So I just wanted to start with a pretty open-ended question for you. Why and how do you purchase a pre-construction condo? Yeah, that's a a great question to start things off, Sean. I work with about 150 to 200 investor clients every single year who purchase pre-construction or what I like to say, new build condos. And the reason they like this strategy, first and foremost, is the mortgage is not required until the building gets built. So here's the great thing with new build condos. It takes about three to five years to even build these buildings. And so you can essentially lock in a pricing in today's market, pricing today, but for something that's going to be built for the future, and you're not going to need a mortgage until the future. So what people like to take advantage of is the passive appreciation, as well as the forced appreciation, which we can touch on a little bit later, that they see over the course of the next three to five years. So it's really, really great for first-time home buyers who might not have the, their deposit money saved or who wouldn't qualify for a mortgage. They particularly like this strategy. Or again, investors who might be doing other types of deals and investing in other types of strategies now, they can't get a mortgage for something. So that gives them a little bit of flexibility. Also know that the deposits aren't paid right at once. So if you're buying a resale property and you're an investor, you need to put 20% down. In this case, you actually are paying that 20% deposit over the course of the next usually two to three years. So it's really helpful for people to kind of have a forced savings program in place. 
Great. Thanks for explaining that there. And I was just curious in terms of the purchase price of the pre-construction condo, does the builder factor in the potential appreciation when the property closes or are they really selling it to you at today's prices? I would say if you on average looked at market prices for today, the developer does add on a little bit extra for themselves, but it's certainly not what the property is going to be worth in three four or five years from now, usually by the time someone like I'll help someone buy something today. And by the time it's actually built on average, they can see anywhere between 75 and $250,000 appreciation on their unit. Great. Thanks so much for clarifying that. And I'm just curious, in terms of home buyers doing their own due diligence, I mean, I would think that most builders are trustworthy, but I've just Heard about maybe a few bad apples like through news stories and all that. But uh, for example, I've heard of projects not being completed or running into issues later on. Do you have any general advice for somebody buying a pre-construction property so that they end up with their property being completed on time and they don't run into issues with the project being canceled? Because I would imagine it's a pretty frustrating process to sign that purchase agreement where the property is supposed to be built in three to five years to only have the project canceled and then you have to buy it today's prices, which are a lot higher. So what general advice do you have for the listeners to make sure that doesn't happen to them where their project is is canceled or they keep running into a ton of delays? Yeah, that that really is the the main risk when purchasing new build condos is that the building doesn't get built. What happens in that respect is all of your deposit money actually goes into the lawyer's trust account. So the lawyer for the developer, it goes into their trust account. The developer never actually gets your deposit money. So your money is safe in the trust account. Should the developer choose to forego the project for whatever reason they can't build or they no longer wish to build, then you're going to get all of the deposit money you paid back. Now, that means your money's safe, so that's great. But of course, you've lost out on the opportunity to use that money to actually make some money, which was the whole point of you investing in it in the first place. So that that is the biggest risk when it comes to new build condos. And of course, as you mentioned, we do see these things in the headlines. If it bleeds, it leads, right? You, these are the horror stories that are really, really few and far between. Again, I work with up to 200 people every single year who do this investing strategy. And I've only had a handful of people who have unfortunately had to go through this situation. To mitigate the risk, my team and I have learned through experience over the course of the last 15 years that the most important thing is to work with a builder who has a great reputation. You don't want to be working with somebody who, where this is their first kick at the can and they don't necessarily know what they're doing and they don't have, know how to work with the city to get permits and zoning. So you want to make sure you're working with someone who, who's done this before. Do they have pre-construction condos that are completed? There are people living in them. So make sure you do that due diligence. Or if you're working with a real estate agent, make sure you ask those types of questions to them because they should know these types of things. Who has a great reputation? And then at the end of the day, I mean, you, you kind of got to take that leap of faith, but do know that thousands of new condo units are built every single year and people move into them and you never hear those stories in the news, right? Those are the good news stories that we never get to hear about. So it's just a few, a handful of people who unfortunately have to go through that situation. And like I said, their deposits were safe. They just didn't get the opportunity for their money to make money. So make sure you do that due diligence and you find out the the builder's reputation upfront. Great advice, Laura. Thank you very much. So Moving right along, just had another general question for you. How do you invest in new build 
projects, maybe you could just walk us through the process of how all that works. Because if somebody's never bought a property before, they've only bought resale, it's kind of a all new ball game for them. I always explain it to my investor clients like this. The process is going to move extremely fast. So just bear with me and know that you are going to go into what's called a 10 day automatic cooling period, at least here in the province of Ontario. It does differ across the country, but I work here in Toronto, so I'm using this as the example. So you have an automatic 10 day due diligence period that you will go into. And that's when you really get to cross all the T's and dot all the I's and make sure you're comfortable with it. Beforehand though, things are going to move really quickly. And what do I mean by that is this. When a developer launches a project, they will essentially work with a handful of real estate agents and things move very, very quickly up front. The developer wants to get people into contract and moving along in their 10-day cooling period. Again, I like to call it a 10-day due diligence period to make sure that a lawyer reviews the agreement to ensure really that all the incentives are included. But for newbies, the, the documents are about 40 pages just the agreement of purchase and sale alone. So this is a much more lengthy document than what you would do with a resale deal. Add on to that is what's called the condo docs. That's about another 150 page document that you're going to get. And you're required to sign the paperwork if you're at a sales center right on the spot without having the opportunity to review it. And wow. so you want to make sure that, yeah, exactly. You want to make sure that you have people on your team so that once you're in contract, again, it's not a firm and binding contract. You're just in your cooling period that you make sure a lawyer, preferably a lawyer who understands pre-construction contracts, that they review the agreement for you and they point out anything that looks strange or odd or that you might want to get negotiated with the builder. Although there's not a lot of negotiating room in that respect, but you want to make sure that you understand everything. So that's what happens in the 10 days. So it does move very quickly up front, but of course you always have time to make sure that you've reviewed it and that your lawyers reviewed it. Great. And what happens after the 10 day cooling off period, I would imagine that as you were mentioning, you continue to make the deposits along the way, maybe you can provide some general advice, like how often should you stay in contact with the builder? Do they send you regular updates? Maybe you can just quickly go over the steps that lead you right up to the day that you move into the property. And there's also, of course, the occupancy period in the and, and then when you actually close, so maybe you could just lead us up to that day. Yeah. So I guess I'll start with, again, just making sure that once you've reviewed the, the agreement with the lawyer during the 10 days, there's a few things that you want to look out for, which I wanted to make mention. The most important incentives that you would want included in that agreement are cap development charges. What that means is, and you've touched on it, there's two important dates when you're closing on a new build condo. That's the occupancy date and the closing date. The occupancy date, you get the keys to the unit. You're allowed to move in. It's got, undergone all its safety inspection, but you're not actually closing on that property. You're not getting title to it. and You're not getting a mortgage on that date. That doesn't happen for another six to eight months when closing slash registration happens. And that's when you're going to get title. That's when you're going to get mortgage. And that's when you're going to have all of your closing costs. In your closing costs, you're going to have something called development charges. If they're not capped, they could be as high as, I mean, I've seen as high as 30 to $35,000. So you're going to get a bill on your desk and you're saying, I didn't save appropriately for this. I, I didn't know this was coming. 
and that's a stressful time. So make sure they're capped usually in and around 10 to $15,000 for, for most areas and locations you'll get them capped at. So if it comes in at less, you'll pay the lesser amount. If it comes in at more than the cap, then the developer's required to pay whatever's left over there. So that's one of the incentives. The second one is the right to assign the unit. You want to make sure that you can actually sell your paperwork to somebody else because this thing's not being built for three, four, five years in some cases, and life happens. COVID happens. All these things might happen and it might affect your ability to close on this property. And you want to make sure that you have the ability to sell the paperwork. So it's not a resale deal. It's an assignment deal. Sell the paperwork to somebody else who essentially is going to take your place in closing with the developer. So that's very important. And then the last one you want to make sure specifically for investors is what's called the right to lease during occupancy. So again, we talked about that occupancy period. That's about six to eight months. You want to make sure you can rent out that during that time. Some developers, because you don't own it, they don't want you to be able to rent it to Joe Schmo. They don't know who the client is. They don't want to deal with the client because technically the developer still owns this thing. So you want to work with developers who allow you to rent out during that occupancy period. So that's very important. In terms of communication from the developer, in all honesty, I let my clients know you're not going to hear a whole bunch. You'll probably find out the day that the shovels hit the ground and that they've started construction, which is usually anywhere between six months and a year after you've signed for the agreement. And then you're going to hear periodic updates throughout. The developer is not required to give you any updates outside of the Tarion home warranty agreement. Again, here in the province of Ontario, we have what's called Terry on home warranty that is required with every new build purchase. And there's a page in the agreement that is called critical dates. The developer has to make sure that they're meeting all of these critical dates. If they are, they're not required to let you know. If they're not, then they're required to let you know. So I always say no news from the developer is good news. And then what happens when we get close to that occupancy date? Usually you can anticipate a six month delay because it's construction. There's always delays in construction, but assume a six month delay, you're going to hear from the developer and they're going to let you know when your firm occupancy date is. Again, that's them saying, this is when you're going to get the keys. So let's get all of our ducks in the row. If you're thinking about assignment, assigning your unit, you better do so now. They'll let you know. And then you start the process of either moving in yourself or finding a tenant, depending on whether you're an investor or an end user. Perfect. Thanks so much for providing such a great overview of the process there, Laura. And you touched on this point here. As you mentioned, there are possible delays when you're buying pre-construction. Can you talk about how COVID has affected the pre-construction property? I, I would imagine that it's caused some delays for your clients. Yeah, I mean, at the beginning of, of lockdown, which is over a year ago now, there was definitely a large impact on construction because if construction hadn't gotten to a certain level yet, everything was put on pause. And so a lot of people who are buying new build condos, either their projects hadn't started yet, and there was about a year delay as opposed to the six month that I said, or whatever process, maybe they were thinking that they were going to get occupancy to their unit this year, but things had to go on hold. And so there was a bit of a delay, but now things have picked back up. There was also some concerns with developers not wanting to launch new pre-construction projects again early on during the COVID lockdown because no one really knew where people's sentiment was, were people confident in the market? Certainly at the at the beginning, everyone's like, I'm going to hold on to my money. I don't know what's going to happen. Am I going to have a job? And so there was a lot of uncertainty. So we didn't see a lot of project come to market. And that kind of created a bit of a pressure in the market where people started saving money. Like certainly people who, who were fortunate enough to keep their jobs, 
they had nothing really to spend their money on because they couldn't go on vacations. They couldn't go out to restaurants. There was no point in buying clothes because they were just sitting at home. And so people were actually saving a lot of money. And then so when developers understood this and they did start launching their pro- their projects again, you wouldn't believe the amount of interest that we have. My team and I actually had our best year last year because there was so much pent up demand for this. Add to that the fact that right now in this spring market here in, in 2021, things are going crazy. Resale deals, we're getting multiple offers right across the province. I mean, right across North America, really. You speak to any Americans, they're they're having the same experience. Multiple offers all over the place. There's bidding wars, which great for the sellers, not so great for the buyers because they might have to do multiple bidding wars on different properties. More importantly, it's, it's super tough for investors because an end user understand that they're probably going to pay a bit of a premium on, on a property because they go in the property and they see their kids playing in the backyard and the dog running around. And they kind of have this dream scenario where an investor is really concerned about the numbers. So once they get to a certain point during the bidding war, an investor is going to back out. So it's very, very tough for investor to get their hands on resale deals right now, which has put them back again into the new build space because that's the only thing that they can do where they're not in a multiple offer scenario. So new builds are actually doing incredibly well across the country. We're going to be getting an influx of immigrants to the country once the borders open back up. And that's going to, again, put even more demand on our short supply as it is. And so I think new build condos are here to stay in all markets. Even if you live outside major cities like Toronto or Calgary or Vancouver, we're seeing new builds come up in these smaller secondary markets that are are kind of close to these urban centers. So it's very, very important for people to understand how this works because they're not going anywhere. This is going to be here for the foreseeable future for sure. Perfect, Laura. Thanks so much for your insight there. And the last question I want to ask you is regarding real estate agents, which is an area of expertise yourself since you are one. Can people do this on their own or should somebody work with a real estate agent when it comes to buying a pre-construction condo? Yeah, I guess my answer is going to be a slightly biased because I am a real estate agent. So Of course, I think you should probably work with a real estate agent or someone who knows what they're doing when it comes to new build. Can you do it on your own? Yes. Where the difficulty comes in with new builds is that you won't necessarily have access to these types of projects. So what happens by the time you see, like if you're just a regular buyer and you're walking down the street and you see a billboard or you start seeing advertising for a project, it's probably too late. What that means is the developers already gone through their sales cycle with real estate agents, and now they've opened it up to you, the public. So it's at that time that you could walk in off the street, go into the sales center and buy something. The only concern with that is, is that you're paying a premium now on your unit. So how it works is this, a developer is going to launch the project, but they're only going to work with a select few of real estate agents, what we like to call platinum agents. So those are agents who have done many projects with the builders. They're they're kind of known in their market. They know what they're doing and they have sold a number of units in the past. So the developer likes to work with those agents first. They give those agents access to a certain number of units and some of the preferable units at what we like to call first access pricing. That's very, very important because this is how you win in purchasing new build condos. First access pricing is essentially no pricing. No one's going to get better pricing 
than those people. So they'll go through that sales cycle, which can take anywhere between three days and three, four, five weeks. And I, and there's a bit of a, a gap there because it really depends on how much demand there is working with those platinum agents. So those agents will sell units, then the developer will open up their project to the next tier of agents. And that's a, a bigger group of people and they'll kind of work with them and try and sell units again. But at that point, pricing has now gone up around four, five percent. Okay. So that's very important to note that now if you're getting in at that second tier of pricing, you're already paying 4% more for your unit than had you worked with a platinum agent. And then the sales cycle continues. So another month goes by and the pricing is going to go up again. And the developer is going to open it up to essentially any real estate agent. So if your real estate agent, it just sells homes and you're wanting them to help you purchase new build, just make sure that they have access to a platinum agent who can actually get them in at that first access pricing. And so what the developer is essentially doing is forcing the appreciation throughout the sales cycle. And if you get in early, by the time a year is up, you can see anywhere between forty dollars and $100,000 appreciation on your unit just because you got in early. So in this regard, I would say try to work with a real estate agent because, again, there is going to be the ones that have access as well. They have more negotiating power. So an agent who is working with, say, 20 clients in a building, they can go to the builder and say, I'm negotiating on behalf of 20 clients, not just one client. And I would like to get this clause changed, or I would like you to add an amendment to have the right to lease during occupancy. Some of those incentives that I had mentioned earlier, because they don't all have them. Well, developers are going to say, I don't want to lose 20 deals, right? So the leverage is, is a little bit more inside of, of the agent in that regard versus an agent who's just working with one client. They might get somewhere, but if the developer is not feeling like conceding that day, they're okay to lose one unit. And so again, it, it's advantageous in this regard to work with somebody who really knows what they're doing, who has done this hundreds of times because they're going to get you first access pricing and they're going to be able to negotiate better for you. Great. I mean, it sounds like a no-brainer to work with a real estate agent when buying a, a pre-construction condo, especially since you get access to the best units at the best pricing. And it also helps the builder as well, because my understanding of pre-construction is before shovels go into the ground, they, they need to sell a certain percentage of, of the project. So that certainly helps them get to that point. And also like when you're buying a property, you don't have to pay anything extra out of pocket when it comes to working with a real estate agent. A hundred percent. And I always say to clients, whenever you're buying real estate, your agent is not paid by you. They're always paid by the seller. So the same thing goes for this. It's like working with a mortgage broker. Mortgage brokers are usually paid by the lender. So you're not necessarily paying for their expertise. And so in this regard, why not work with somebody? It doesn't do any harm. Again, just make sure that they have the right access that you need. And as you mentioned, we hear it all the time. Oh my God, there's so many cranes and there's so many buildings. Who's, who's going to buy all these projects? There's a bubble. Understand that here in the province of Ontario, at least, developers are not allowed to start building until 80% of the building is already sold. So 80% of that building has already been sold. The developer always hangs on to 10% because they like to sell that last 10% at the end when it's actually built because people will pay an additional premium because they can touch, see it, and smell it. But understand that these units have already been bought. They're already paid for. There's, there's people who are going to be living in these things. And so the government's obviously doing their job to help protect us in that respect. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a no-brainer to work with an agent. <laughs> 
Great. Well, Laura, it's been wonderful having you on the show today. Before I let you go, is there anything of interest that you'd like to share with the listeners and how can people get in touch with you as well? Yeah. So here at my firm, again, it's called REC Canada. We really pride ourselves on educating our clients. We give everyone a book. It's called Real Estate Intelligent, which teaches people how to buy, how to sell, and how to invest on their own. So if anyone would like a free copy of the book, I'll be happy to get you an audio version or a PDF version of that. So please feel free to reach out to me again. We're just here to help educate. We understand that only 2% of the population is essentially going to try and, and buy or sell on their own anyway. So if that's you, that's great. Let me help if I can. The majority of us, we know that this is not our area of expertise. I don't like to pretend I know how to fix my car. I go to the mechanic for that, but I'll definitely definitely like to go to the mechanic who who kind of educated me and helped me along the way. So that's really what we're here for. I am the co-host of a podcast it's called the Jazz Tacker Podcast. On that show, we like to educate people there as well. So feel free to tune into that. The best place to get a hold of me is probably through Instagram. My handle is at Laura Stewart T-O. So check me out on there. And again, hit me up, DM me there if, you, if you'd like a copy of the book. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Burn Your Mortgage podcast. Besides being a podcast host, I'm also an independent mortgage broker. If you or anyone you know, family, friends, coworkers, or neighbors could ever use any unbiased mortgage advice or a second opinion, feel free to reach out. Email me at Sean, that's S-E-A-N at burnyourmortgage.ca or call or text me at 647-867-3711 for a free mortgage consultation. Also, be sure to head on over to www.burnyourmortgage.ca burnyourmortgage.ca and sign up for my free weekly newsletter. As a small token of my appreciation, you'll be able to download my ultimate mortgage checklist on choosing the perfect mortgage. I look forward to hearing from you and helping you with all your mortgage needs. Once again, thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Burn Your Mortgage Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and leave a rating. Until next time, happy mortgage burning.